This is Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review this week's top news about COVID-19 vaccine plans, unemployment, and lottery revenues. We'll also get commentary from The Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about a fake tweet in the fight over a progressive income tax, a group set to declare independence from Illinois, and more. That's all ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at TheCenterSquare.com, the country's fastest-growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state-focused news and information site. We deliver essential Illinois news and information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you want to get a quick update on what's happening at the state capitol in Springfield and across the state. Our team writes short, impactful stories that help all Illinoisans understand what's going on in their home state. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Our team covers government and the activity of elected officials so you can make sense of how their activity affects you and your family and your future here in Illinois. We know Illinois because we live in Illinois. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. Thecentersquare.com. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. The number of COVID-19 patients taking a hospital bed in Illinois has increased, but it's still far from the peak back in April. State public health officials reported Thursday more than 1,900 patients with COVID-19 symptoms in hospitals in the latest daily report. There were more than 5,000 patients with COVID-19 symptoms occupying one of the state's nearly 35,000 beds in late April. Thursday's daily report also had 53 additional deaths associated with the virus, the highest count since June 24th, where there were 63 deaths reported. It's not ready yet, but local health departments in Illinois are gearing up to begin accepting COVID-19 vaccines for when they become available, and the state has a goal of vaccinating 80% of the population. During a situation update last month, local stakeholders across the state, Illinois Department of Public Health doctor Carla Little said initial vaccine supplies were limited, but the focus is going to be on priority groups like healthcare workers and long-term care facilities. But eventually, they hope to have mass vaccination as supplies allow. We know so far from the federal government, from CDC, is they're asking us to plan to administer potentially two doses of a COVID-19 vaccine to 80% of our population. Supplies could be available as early as next month, with even more throughout 2021, but little said there could be less demand. As we did during the H1N1 response for those of us that were around to remember it, at some point we had so much uh, vaccine available that uh, and, and the demand for it um, became really low. So we may see something similar here as well. Having a vaccine widely available is one of the elements Governor J.B. Pritzker has said would lift all of his COVID-19 restrictions. Whether there'll be uptake is unclear. Half the country says they wouldn't get it. During last week's vice presidential debate, Senator Kamala Harris said she wouldn't take a vaccine if it's promoted by President Donald Trump. Republican State Senator Dave Severson said that's disappointing. You would think people would be celebrating that. Uh, instead, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of people from uh, one party that seems to be very discouraged by that. So that's disappointing. A Sangamon County judge has given plaintiffs and lawyers from the state more time to file final briefs in the cases challenging the governor's COVID-19 restrictions and whether there are health emergencies on a county level. 
Plaintiffs, including State Representative Darren Bailey, contend there is no health emergency. The state says the governor has the authority to impose restrictions out of concerns for public health. Bailey said he's ready to take the case all the way to the state Supreme Court. Illinois saw nearly 10,000 more initial unemployment filers last week than the week before, while stories of fraud and lack of benefits being paid out persist. The U.S. Department of Labor reports 46,000 initial unemployment claims were filed by Illinoisans last week. It's 9,800 more than the previous report. Stories continue to mount about applying for benefits and not getting returned calls for months. There are also more reports of fraud without being addressed. State Representative Mike Murphy said thousands of people are falling through the cracks. I have people say that when they do get a call back, they get hung up on, disconnected, and they have to start all over. It's just a mess. State Representative Stephanie Kifowit, who chairs the House State Government Administration Committee, refuses to call a public hearing to hold the Illinois Department of Employment Security to account. She said at this time, out of caution for individuals' health because of COVID-19, she won't call an in-person meeting. Murphy said while the House isn't authorized to remote meet, they can still get together safely. Uh, JCAR meets on a regular basis, I know. we There for a while, we had the uh, the uh, hearing in regards to uh, uh, Speaker Madigan. They were meeting uh, in person. It can be done. Nearly half of Illinoisans are drawing on benefits as the state borrows to cover the costs. Ammunition's hard to find locally, and some are trying to buy from online retailers. But those retailers, like some brick-and-mortar stores, aren't accepting expired Illinois firearm owner identification cards. At an average of 116 days for FOID cards, and even longer for concealed carry cards, the backlogs are stacking up. But so are the lawsuits. There are now 12 active lawsuits the Illinois State Rifle Association says are being filed against the state over delays. The group filed one in federal court Tuesday. Delays in processing FOID cards have been a problem since before the pandemic. In January, there were 62,000 applications backlogged. As of Tuesday, Illinois State Police reported 142,324 pending FOID applications. State Representative Dan Calkins says the backlog persists and is compounded by the pandemic, but it's denying people their rights. They can't meet their constitutional um and I say the United States Constitution we've talked about. They can't meet their, their requirements. ISP is supposed to approve more deny cards within 30 days. ISRA Executive Director Richard Pearson said it's been months for some and, quote, a right delayed is a right denied. This is a right, whether people like it or not. You know, the man, I guess, well, no, it isn't. Well, yeah, it is too. It's in the Bill of Rights. It is a fundamental right, and you're denying these people their fundamental rights because you're delaying them. Illinois State Police say FOID renewals remain valid under an emergency rule, and people are encouraged to keep a copy of their submitted paperwork for additional verification. But it's not just brick-and-mortar stores that are denying a sale if someone has an expired card. Illinois State Rifle Association's Richard Pearson said some may be out of luck online, too. They can't get it locally, and so they have to try to order it, and they can't get it because they don't have a valid FOID. Calkins said it's a big problem he hears more and more about. It's case by case, it seems, that different different uh, retailers have different standards. And, and yeah, they're all scared to death. Earlier this year, under penalty of law, Illinois gun dealers had to increase their compliance to new state regulations in order to get a state license. Many dealers closed because the regulations were more onerous than federal regulations. The Illinois Lottery is reporting it contributed about $60 million less in education funding than it's obligated to. Kevin Bessler files this report. 
Since 1985, the lottery says it has contributed $20 billion to the state's Common School Fund, which is designed to assist public schools in Illinois. Ben Schwarm is the deputy executive director for the Illinois Association of School Boards. Those receipts being down is the same thing that's happened to sales tax and income tax and, and other gaming taxes, of which you know a larger uh, percentage of the school budget from the state comes from those than it does from, from lottery. According to the organization Illinois Policy, lottery money never really makes it to the classroom. Instead, those revenues are used to make contributions to teachers' pensions, which come from the Common School Fund. I'm Kevin Bessler. Still no response from Vote Yes for Fairness about why it paid Facebook more than $10,000 to promote a fake tweet through to more than 1 million people in an effort to persuade voters to support a progressive income tax. The group's funded with $56.5 million from Governor J.B. Pritzker to promote changing the flat tax to a progressive tax. In October 9th, Facebook post the group paid to reach more than 1 million people used a tweet from a Liz Uline imposter account saying billionaires don't care about the middle class. Twitter took down the imposter account. Vote yes for fairness's post of the tweet and still up. The group, nor the Pritzker administration, responded for comment. National Federation of Independent Business Illinois State Director Mark Grant, who's against the tax change, said keeping the false information up without noting it's fake isn't fair. Well, I think if it's proven false, and it sounds like it has been, um, they should take it down. I mean, you, you can't keep putting something out there like that. I mean, you can, but it certainly is uh, It's against, if it's not against the law, it's certainly against good uh, moral principles. Facebook has a policy of not allowing misinformation. It's unclear if the ad's been reported as false news by Facebook users. When asked Wednesday if funding the promotion of a fake tweet is dishonest, and if he would have taken down the post, Governor J.B. Pritzker didn't address the spread of misinformation. Well, I think we all know that people who are supporting the Vote No campaign uh, are essentially working against the middle class. Illinois Chamber of Commerce CEO Todd Meis opposes the tax change, saying the move will hurt the middle class and small businesses. In response to the fake tweet being promoted, he said, that's unfortunate. I don't want to cast aspersions on somebody's motivations. I understand the, uh, they probably saw it and put it right back out there, and they were just guilty of not doing good due diligence. Voters will get their say in whether to change the state's flat income tax to one with higher rates on higher earners in the November 3rd election. A group preparing to declare its independence from Illinois says there's growing frustration they aren't being properly represented at the Illinois State House. G.H. Merritt's the chairman of New Illinois, the nonprofit, nonpartisan group that plans to declare independence from Illinois from the Hancock County court steps this Saturday. We have a lot of support from the red side, you know, the libertarians and Republicans. But I really believe that's mostly because those are the people that live in the area that doesn't have a voice. Merritt said they have 20 counties that have ratified resolutions supporting the effort. The goal is to get all counties except Cook to get on board. And it's not just Southern Illinoisans that are frustrated. Up in Lake County, people are exiting the state. People are complaining about the state. People are supporting our movement. And it's not because anybody's um, all worked up about their money going to Alexander County. It's because of the corruption. It's because of the taxes. She said after the declaration, the group will lobby state lawmakers to get on board. Chicago State Representative LaShawn Ford said he's open to having conversations with members of the group. I think with a um, county and the community down there trying to declare independence is just uh, their right to do it. But I think that that's what you call um, cutting your nose off to spite your face. 
Among the steps needed to create a new state from within an existing state is the approval of the legislature and then approval from the U.S. Congress. Meanwhile, the Illinois Legislative Inspector General can't confirm or deny that they're investigating House Speaker Michael Madigan, but a citizen says she's filed a complaint against the Speaker. Denise Rothheimer says the LIG needs independence to investigate claims against legislators. Other than sexual harassment claims, the LIG must get permission to investigate claims from a panel of lawmakers. The House Special Investigating Committee is expected to meet for further hearings on whether Madigan's behavior is unbecoming of a legislator after the November 3rd election. Madigan is not charged with the crime, but is implicated in an ongoing probe by the federal government into ComEd admitting it's paid bribes over nearly 10 years to Madigan Associates in order to find favorable legislation. Those are the top stories from the past week. For more, go to thecentersquare.com. Coming up from Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by thecentersquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Illinois and Focus's Crosstalk segment. This is Chris Krug, publisher of the Center Square here in Illinois, joined by my friend and colleague, Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square. Dan, what's up? A lot of news to talk about again this week. It seems to never uh, never end here in Illinois. Um, some controversial uh, stories to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. Some fun and fabulous times. I mean, and, and you know, it, it's like every once in a while, I just have to kind of pause and go, you know, um, you know, cause you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, man, you're old. You know, what, what the heck happened to you? You know, I mean, when we started in the business and you and I, I mean, really started in the newspaper business at, at, a, at the, like literally the same time. I mean, um, you know, uh, print was king with regard to factual reporting. Um, there was no internet. I mean, there was internet, but you had to work at like Carnegie Mellon or Stanford or, you know, some, you know, crazy school in scandinavia to have access to it um and um straight news was a commodity that there were a lot of newspapers and a lot of news outlets that would produce straight news and commentary was a specialty well you know with the quote-unquote democratization of media and the advent of social media that has flipped on its ear you have far fewer people that are actually producing straight news reporting straight news and far more people who are commenting on it so you've got a commodity, a commoditization of commentary and a dearth of straight news, which is one of the reasons why, in my opinion, I hate, hate, hate social media. And I, in particular, hate Twitter. The idea that somebody can summarize something effectively and factually in that small uh, a space, even with the augmentation of the uh, character count and Twitter, I think it's a fool's errand. I think it's a loser. I think it's a near impossibility, uh, certainly to provide something with context, unless you really step outside of the parameters of Twitter and just, you know, produce a series of tweets that basically become a live tweeted article or something like that, which if you're going to do that, then why put it on Twitter? But anyway, Dan, you know, the, the, um, what leads me, uh, or what is, I guess, sort of leading my thinking on this is is what's happened in the last week with this absurd um, campaign move uh, by Governor J.B. Pritzker's uh, group, 
uh, the vote yes for the fair tax people who took a tweet um, from um, Liz Uline, uh, a fake Liz Uline account on Twitter, captured it within 40 some seconds of it being posted. Okay, 40 some seconds this thing was alive and in, and in the Twitter sphere, and then created a promoted post on it where they spent in a range of ten to fifteen thousand dollars because it was sort of like a you know in a in a, in a, a range purchase, and it would have had the opportunity to reach a million people, and it was completely false. Liz Uline has no such account. Her spokesperson came forward within a day or so of this story happening, and days after this thing was already running as part of advertising collateral for the pro-progressive tax side. It's just bananas. It's just, it's the worst. Yeah, Liz, Liz Uline and uh, her husband Richard own uh, uh, the uh, transportation company Uline, one of the largest companies in uh, the state of Illinois. Um, they're known to be conservative, um, a conservative couple, and donate to conservative causes. Someone last week created a, fo a fake Liz Uline at account on Twitter, at Liz underscore Uline, uh, and, and tweeted out some ridiculous statement as if it were from her. Um, let me quote the, the statement that the fake account tweeted out. Quote, why should I be expected to sub subsidize my employees' taxes? They don't need a handout from me. They already get a paycheck. Vote no on the tax hike amendment. So this completely false. Yes, she did Manipula not do it. A manipulation, and and I mean, and I mean, you talk about false light. You talk about the potential legal aspect of that from a civil standpoint. I mean, my goodness. Right, and the vote yes for fairness group, who's who favors uh, Governor Pritzker's um, uh, progressive tax. With within a minute of that fake account tweet that I just read there, within a minute, um, they retweeted it, and then they created, as you mentioned, uh, a. a an account on Facebook or a posting on Facebook criticizing Liz Uline, um, even though she didn't say it. They used her as a political prop, a high value political prop. It's it's embarrassing. I mean, it's like the it's the absolute worst. And so here's you know you look at it externally, and and my thought is simply this: this tweet lived in the Twitter sphere for less than one minute before it was seized. Less than one minute. And then it becomes part of political propaganda, it, like virtually immediately after that. I mean, this thing is up and running and has a new life of its own on Facebook because it was picked up and snatched off of Twitter. Right. And here's here's what have uh, vote yes for fairness, how they responded in their Facebook post, which, as you mentioned up front, they paid ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars to get it in front of as many as a million voters. This fake message, this fake tweet, they were trying to get in front of uh, uh, more than a million um, people in Illinois. And here and here's what they posted along with the fake tweet. Billionaires like Liz Uline don't care about our middle and lower class income families. They only care about protecting their bottom line. That's why they're fighting to stop the fair tax, which would make them finally pay their fair share while giving a tax cut to 90% of Illinoisans. Fake news, fake news, and more fake news from that organization. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. So, you know, of course, you know, it's a story of interest. I mean, this is a this is the you know the biggest issue in the state of Illinois in 2020. I mean, pandemic notwithstanding. 
because I mean, you know, what's going on with the fair tax is going to dictate, you know, certainly a, a lot of uh, what's to come in Illinois and how, you know, whether or not we're going to fix things, how, we, how we're going to fix things, how we're going to address things, because we do have a financial, massive financial problem here in the United, in, in, in the United States, number one, but very specifically here in Illinois. So, um, so Dan, the center square asked the, this question of JB Pritzker and the audio on the question is a little bit light. Um, can you ask re-ask the question the way that the question was asked for something something's gone on it just an aside very quickly right. i don't know if this is purposeful or willful or what but at one point in time you used to be able to hear the questions that were being asked and who was asking the questions okay at the at the uh daily pritzker presser for COVID. well all of a sudden and i mean not all of a sudden it seems like in the last month or so that it's turned into like charlie brown's teachers asking the question and then J.B. Pritzker just gives an answer and you can hear the answer, but you don't know who asked the question and you can't even hear the question anymore. Right. So what was the question? Well, a couple things to lead into that that question that we finally got to ask uh, Governor Pritzker face to face. Um, with the press conferences, you also were able, because of COVID-19, they limited, you know, the number of people who attend, uh, attend these press conferences. And you, there would be a pool reporter, and you could send uh, questions to the pool reporter uh, and allow them to ask your questions uh, uh, for them. On your behalf. Yeah, right. They ended that months ago. No longer do that. You have to be there to ask the questions. Anyway, so we were first reported about this fake tweet on Monday. We reached out to the governor's office. We reached out to the a vote yes for uh, fairness, uh, folks. Crickets didn't hear back from. Them. On Tuesday, we did a follow-up. Reached out to the governor's office. Reached out to the vote uh, yes for fairness group. Crickets didn't respond. Didn't even di didn't even reply uh, to us. So we knew Governor Pritzker was having a press conference Wednesday in Chicago. Um, we sent reporter Kevin Bessler down there. We wanted to have him respond. And um, so during the Q and A part of the uh, the press conference, here's. Uh, here is what we asked. Do you feel it is dishonest for an organization that you are funding to promote a fake tweet? Would you have taken down the advertising immediately after the Twitter account was deleted? I think it's important to also note that Governor Pritzker has given $56.5 million to vote yes for fairness. So we asked him directly about the fake tweet and the promotion, and here was his response. Well, I think we all know that people who are supporting the Vote No campaign uh, are essentially working against the middle class and working against people who can least afford to pay the taxes that people on the other side would like them to, to pay for them, by the way. Um, and so, you know, I'm, that's why I'm on the other side. I think that we ought to be fighting for for working class families, for working families all across the state. It's why I've been a significant supporter of the Vote Yes campaign. So if... This were a national forum, and this question would have been asked of President Trump by the White House Correspondents Group. And he would have answered that question in the way that he did, completely blowing off the question with his answer. Trump would be dragged through the streets, metaphorically, by the media. I mean, why can't he answer that question? Do you not know what's going on in, in, in this campaign? I mean, the $56.5 million that he's got put into this thing, it's not like there's another $56.5 million that got put into it by somebody else. 
this is a Pritzker initiative. I mean, this is really kind of like shaping up to be the hallmark of his first term as, as governor. And this is like his political thing. Maybe uh, maybe JB was uh, was a dodgeball champion in his younger days, but to even say he dodged the question is is um, not fully accurate. He just completely ignored the question and went on his uh, his, his campaign talking points. Um, and what's also concerning the fact that um, the governor won't be accountable to this, uh, the vote yes for fairness group won't be accountable to this. The media outside of the center square and some of our uh, media partners who picked up our story, our reporting on this. Has largely has ignored it. It's like it's not not a story. I don't, and I don't get that. And I mean, look, you know, you can talk about the media and what's happened to the media. And and look, Dan and I come from media. We're media people. Uh, we love the industry. We love the people that we work with and that we've worked with in the past. And we and we, you know, I mean, we believe in the value of an open and 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 free media doing what media should be doing. The the sins of omission around stories in Illinois is palpable. It's scary that, that, that whatever has happened within the newsrooms around the state that has closed off a willingness to be curious and to ask questions, difficult questions of both sides is sadly, I will say, not an Illinois exclusive problem, but it is a problem. And as you said, um, you know, if President Trump was in front of uh, reporters and he completely ignored a question like that, other reporters in the room would have shouted out, hey, can you answer the question that was asked? Um, that did not happen here. Uh, it was not written about by the Tribune uh, or other most other media outlets. Um, it's it's frankly, it's it's embarrassing. It's, and, it's, and, it, and it's not good for Illinois. It's frankly not good for Illinois. So we, we st just, I, I, I want uh, our yeah. listeners to know that we're going to continue to pursue this, continue to ask Governor Pritzker and the Vote Yes for Fairness group um, why they promoted a fake tweet, kept the Facebook promotion up for days after uh, Liz Uline came out and said, that's not my account. I've never had a Twitter account, but still promoted this on Facebook to get it is uh, to um, essentially mislead as many voters as they could. At her expense. At her expense. Yeah. Um, progressive tax, the ballot initiative itself, um, closing arguments this this past, you know, in the past couple of days here, I guess you know, we're taping this on on Thursday, October 15th. Uh, a glorious fall day here in Illinois, northern Illinois anyway. What's going on and what's the what's you know, what what happened here? I mean, as, as things sort of are winding down, we're three weeks inside of the or excuse me, inside of three weeks right. of election. Day. So the big the big push is on for both sides, both proponents of the uh, progressive tax uh, and opponents of the progressive tax are um, essentially making their final statements. Uh, there was a, uh, a debate of sorts, a forum of sorts this week, where we also tried uh, to ask uh, the vote yes for fairness group about the their promotion of the fake tweet. Our uh, question uh, was not asked. It was ignored, um, of course. But there was a debate this week uh, where both the, the two sides discussed uh, 
opponents why they think it's a bad idea for Illinois. Of course, there's obvious reasons there. It's going to be a jobs killer. Small business owners uh, uh, aren't going to have any choice because it's going to be a huge, huge tax increase on them. Um, uh, and then proponents of the tax say uh, essentially um, more affluent families uh, in Illinois uh, need to pay their fair share. That's where they get this fairness uh, uh, talking point from. Um, and so it's going to be up to voters. Uh, if voters aren't uh, uh, up to speed on this thing, they need to get there because, um, well, first, many mail-in ballots have already been cast. Um, but there's uh, we're inside of three weeks, as you said, uh, till the election. And this could be um, the biggest uh, issue on the ballot this year for if you live in Illinois and you pay taxes in Illinois. Oh, I, I, I would think I think by far, I think by far. I mean, you know, uh, Donald Trump's doesn't win Illinois. I mean, no. so, the you know, you're you know, going to the going to the ballot um, to vote, you know, for Trump, against Trump, for Biden, against Biden. And, you know, I mean, obviously, we've had a lot of conversations and certainly there are other there are other candidates who are going to be on the ballot. You know, I think the, there's a Green Party and Libertarian Party, I think, are going to be present on the ballot. You know, Kanye West, you know, from the Kanye West Party is not going to be on the ballot, but you can always write him in. No, that's I can't, you know, it's, can't tell you to vote for him. Not going to tell you to vote for him. Not going to tell you who not to vote for either. I mean, do your homework. But uh, but but nonetheless, I mean, the progressive income tax is, is really um, it is by, I think, far and away i mean the most relevant thing that's on the ballot and it's not sexy you know i mean it's a it's a you know it's a it's a ballot initiative and you know you have to sit there and you have to read it 60 percent of the people have to say either you know say yes for this thing to to pass that that seems to be a pretty pretty high obstacle but i mean you know i don't i don't know i've been surprised before i mean at the local level i've seen my local school district vote overwhelmingly to you know to increase taxes to save property values and what whatever else was promised to happen behind that which was complete baloney um so we'll i i don't know how this is going to come out i mean i think it's it's fascinating the one thing that listeners have to know is you you can't just listen to the supporters the supporters of the fair tax say 97 percent of taxpayers um will see a tax decrease that's based on the rates that Governor Pritzker and uh, Democratic lawmakers have thrown out there uh, for the time being. If this passes at any point, uh, the legislature can set rates, increase rates on all taxpayers, on middle class uh, taxpayers, on those making less than two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars a year. Um, and how is how you have to ask yourself how is Springfield done with the tax increases they've had in the past uh, several years? Um, have they has Illinois' economy economy improved? Has Illinois' fiscal situation improved? No, the answer to that is no. Um, they're seeking more of of your money uh, because they can't manage the state uh, fiscally well. Well, and they haven't rolled back taxes. The taxes have just been increased. And then there were tax, you know, I mean, obviously, the you know, the, the big one, the most in-your-face one that we all deal with if you operate a motor vehicle is the gasoline tax here, you know, which is starting to look like maybe one of the most doubled corrupt puppet show uh, maneuvers in, in Illinois state history with regard to the, the people that were in, involved in it and, and, the, and the value of that. But, 
Oh, and, and when you when you bring into the yeah the federal corruption probe that's ongoing that has tied House Speaker Michael Madigan um, uh, to essentially a bribery scandal involving ComEd, ComEd's admitted to doing it, and then all the other lawmakers and those close to lawmakers who have either been charged or been subpoenaed or had their homes raided by the FBI, um, you know this all ties together. It's all about your money. Yeah. Lawmakers want more of it, um, and and. Uh, Voters need to decide for themselves. And there's yeah, just one final point. We've talked about the you know the aspect of uh, retirement tax or being able to tax retirement income. I mean, in that same news conference um, where uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker does not answer the question, um, you know, regarding the fake tweet, um, just moments before that, he was talking about the progressive income income tax uh, more broadly, and it, with regard to retirement income, had said. That's not an idea that comes from my my side of this argument. That's a that's a that's a, a an idea that comes from the other side of of, of this argument. And that, that where's the fact check? I mean, where's yeah. Politifact on this? I mean, you know, I mean, honest to God, the BGA, the Better Government Association, is the is the is the is the fact check arm of Pointer in Illinois. And I I swear they don't fact check anything, much of anything at all. And the stuff that they choose to fact check is trash. It's garbage. It's just not, it's not valuable. Do your job. That, that's not, that is not the other side of this, of this conversation. It never has been. That's a complete direction. That's on par with the falseness of the, of the fake tweet promotion. They're desperate. And it's just, yeah. it's, it stinks of desperation at this point. In fact, opponents of the, uh, the, the progressive tax, amendment have come out and said have warned that something that could happen because the treasurer admitted in public that it could happen is that tax uh, retirement income could be taxed if we go to a progressive system and now they and put the a bag over the it. treasurer so now right. the treasurer doesn't get to go out and speak in public anymore because right. he's already said something that might say something else yeah it's, give me it's a break been a sad misinformation campaign the whole way and thankfully um you know Voters are going to decide for themselves here in less than three weeks. Um, we don't know if we'll have results in less than three weeks because oh, I, of. Oh, I think we know that we won't. Yeah, <laughs> right. But 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 unless yeah, it's I mean, unless it's so one-sided one way or the oh, other. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that true. No on, this, on this on this particular. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I and, and you know who, that remains to be seen. Neither of us has any idea how this is going to come out. I mean, I I, I don't know if. Uh, if anybody's, you know, is uh, DraftKings or FanDuel taking any money on political bets at this point, to have uh, producer John come on maybe at the end and talk to us about what's going on in gaming in the state and see if the, they're starting to put prop bets together on uh, on ballot initiatives and and uh, candidates. But, um, you know, and I say, you know, state, I mean, uh, we live in the state of Illinois. There's a, there is a proposal uh, that's out there, or I wouldn't say a proposal. There's a, a, a movement afoot um, to create the state of new Illinois, um, which would be kind of interesting. Um, I guess if you don't like the old Illinois and maybe there's an increasingly, you know, growing number of people who don't like the state of old Illinois, that you could always go to the state of new Illinois. So yeah, the, the, <laughs> what has to happen there? Uh, this has been an issue, an ongoing issue for a couple of years now, um, where downstaters have said they want to um, essentially separate 
uh, from Chicago create their own state. Well, it's gotten a little bit more formal now. It's, it's still a symbolic thing because you need congressional action uh, for something like this to happen, and I don't see that happening, at least not anytime soon. Uh, but uh, the, the group, the New Illinois group, is holding a rally uh, on Saturday. Um, they are hoping to get uh, – counties across the state to join their movement. Essentially, they're frustrated with Chicago-style politics dominating the state, dominating Springfield, dominating the state legislature, um, and, and, and the Chicago-style politics, I mean, just take it, go back to the progressive tax, includes tax increases, spending increases, tax increases, spending increases, and they're fed up with it. I don't blame them. But what about the tax increases and the spending increases? Oh, I forgot to mention that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I get the sentiment. I mean, it's an interesting idea. Um, I, I haven't spent a tremendous amount of time like really unpacking it because I think it's a, it's it's uh, it's a little bit far fetched. But I but I completely understand the sentiment. I was like 12, maybe 14 years ago. I wrote a column um, when I was editing the Northwest Herald uh, that that suggests that McHenry County was so different from everything else in the, in the suburbs and the collar counties that it really didn't even belong to Illinois anymore. It was more like a, you know, it should be a part of Wisconsin. And I, and uh, I opened up the idea for uh, Wisconsin to acquire uh, McHenry County. Didn't go very far. I, I, I think that this group's maybe a, a little bit more serious, um, a lot more serious than, than I was. Um, the idea of, of a, a split or a, a you know, a, a what amounts to be like a schism here mm -hmm. in Illinois is uh, uh, scary is not the right word, but I mean, I, I think it just speaks of a, of a level of frustration and desperation to make things better, you know, um, where maybe reality would says that would be, that would be, that would be harder that this would be easier. Well, this is, this is definitely bigger than um, um, past efforts. Uh, this group has already gotten uh, 20, counties to sign to pass resolutions uh uh in support of it 20 of 102 that's about you know a little less than 20 percent of the counties but they're just getting going their goal their goal overall is to get all all illinois counties but cook uh to to join on at the very least um that communicates to springfield hey we're fed up with the nonsense we're fed up with the bullshit that's going on uh there with the corruption with the uh over-the-top spending, over-the-top taxing. Hopefully, at least at the minimum, it sends a message. Mm -hmm. Dan, every once in a while, you take a look at the, you know, the Constitution and you actually read it. It's sort of an interesting endeavor. Uh, Second Amendment of the Constitution says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed if you live in Illinois, you have to have what's called a, a FOID card, and that stands for Firearm Owner Identification Card. And you have to get that through the state. You have to pass the background check. I mean, it's not super, super easy uh, to get one. And it's become even harder because the state, well, is run by the state. And um, they we're looking at delays that are in the neighborhood of now of four months to get a FOID card. State law requires um, uh, state police to uh, process applications within 30 days. Um, but obviously that's not happening. It's almost quadruple uh, that amount. 
Um, and the FOID concept itself is legally, constitutionally questionable. Um, but then when you require uh, someone who wants to protect his house, his or her house, his or her family, or whatever, um, by, by legally, lawfully, constitutionally purchasing a firearm, to have to wait three to four months um, just to get your uh, your uh, certification from the state that, uh, you, you, okay, now you're allowed to, that's, that's outrageous. So the state's dealing with, uh, there are at least 12 active lawsuits over the delays. And, and just to be very clear, there's, there's actually two very different um, delays that, 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 that are of concern to guns, uh, gun owners and gun, gun rights people. Uh, one would be the time in which the FOID card you know, uh, is being delivered, which is an average 116.35 days. That's what we we're talking about initially. But if you want to carry a concealed weapon in Illinois, um, those application dates are running 129.9 days if you have your fingerprints on file and 154.19 days if you don't. So you're getting out to, you're talking about at that point, you're talking about in excess of four months in excess of five months if if you have not been fingerprinted. Yeah, I don't know how these lawsuits uh, are going to turn out, it being Illinois. Um, I wouldn't be surprised um, if uh, the courts um, knock them down. I hope this goes all the way to the US, U.S. Supreme Court This is because this is clearly a violation of your Second Amendment rights when you have these significantly long delays, um, um, you know, you know, remember all the unrest that's been gone on in this country this year, um, uh, the violence, uh, the rioting and whatnot. People have a right to defend themselves. Uh, and, and this four month waiting period is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and we haven't talked about it recently because, you know, the numbers haven't been as staggering as they were, you know, in the summer. But I mean, the, the number of shootings in, in Chicago remains absolute bananas. I mean, I think over the weekend we had six people, six people killed. And um, I think it was 48 people who, you know, who were, who were shot. So a total of 54 people that, you know, that were victims of, of gun crimes that, that are known of. And that's the thing that, that are known of. Um, so, you know, we and, are on and, and, yeah. ridiculous year this year. Yeah. And of course, you've got this very, very, very contentious uh, president election coming up where we probably won't know the results for weeks, maybe even um, months. That's certainly going to trigger some unrest. So hopefully not. People need to be reasonable and and and, and let the votes be counted and let the, the winner, whoever that may be, um, uh, be the president. Um, but, you know, there's going to be unrest over this election as well. Well, yeah, I mean, and just this is Chicago only, but I mean, just real quick check in on 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 crime stats. There have been 633 homicides in the city of Chicago in 2020 this year. 576 people have been shot and killed. So the vast majority of these are there are gun related crimes. The shot and wounded number is 2,816. So it's not 576 shootings and some of those people died. You have 576 people who have died, period. And 3,392 total shot. It's yeah, it's it's scary it's off the charts. It's I mean, yeah. it's it's scary, and um, uh, you know why I don't live in Chicago. 
among among other reasons but for sure yeah i mean the 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 level of the, the level of un, unpredictability there is 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 just something else so i i reference you know we bring on you know we bring on john spataro you know who pr- produces uh, the illinois in focus uh podcast and and um and have him talk a little bit about what's going on with gaming in the state. It's hopeful just to kind of catch an update to get an idea of what's happening. State lines, um, John, your show that you produce with Jason Gotch is doing exceptionally well. Nice work. Um, what is the latest and what's going on with regard to gaming in Illinois? Uh, people seem to be turning on the NFL to greater degrees. NBA didn't, didn't do super hot. Didn't didn't perform super well. Uh, the finals were were down and largely unwatched. Well, thank you guys for bringing me on yet again. Yes, State Lines is uh, five weeks into our second season. Um, I'm currently picking above 500, which, if you know anything about gambling or uh, sports betting, is is pretty good. I'm eight and seven on the year. I had an 0 and three week last week. Um, which was pretty tough to stomach. But overall, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, and the show's going pretty well. And speaking of going pretty well, uh, the state of Illinois had a pretty big jump in their sports handle, uh, sports betting handle um, in August. They combined you know, their, their retail sports books, their brick-and-mortar places, and the three online platforms that are up and running. They handled nearly $140 million of bets according to the Illinois Gaming Board in August. Um, For comparison, um, you know, the first three months uh, that sports betting was up and running, March, June, and July, the handle was around $61 million combined. So that would mean about $20 million a month was handled in those first three months. Uh, Now we're all the way up to $140 million, nearly one hundred and forty million, million that, handles. John, I mean, that's 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 interesting in, in you know in and of itself. But when you consider like the struggles that the Illinois Lottery is having, which is something that the uh, you know the Center Square has been reporting on and 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 will continue to report on, that there's a pretty significant gap on the on the lottery side. I, I have to just ask the question. I mean, is it you know are, are we cannibalizing you know our gaming interests and and whatnot? I'll leave that for you and Dan to chew on if you'd like. Right. And, and I mean, remember, you know, March uh, through July, there wasn't a ton of sports being played. So it's, you know, reasonable to think that there wouldn't be a ton of action going on. September and August here have been absolutely packed with sports from all of the, the major sports and now college up and running. So, I mean, there's obviously going to be a correlation to that. However, I really think the um, the surge can be accounted for the 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 online gaming coming in on online and coming into the fold. Um, we talked about this going back to last year when this law was announced that a lot of the other states, you know, New Jersey, Indiana, Iowa, similar states to Illinois that had already gone down this gambling path um, had relied heavily on online gambling revenues. It was just easier to place bets from your couch than go into a casino. And for most of the year this year, Governor Pritzker has made it very difficult for online operators to operate and, and you know, prospective betters to get online. He's had to extend a uh, executive order twice now and with a third possibly coming up that even allows people to sign up uh, without having to be physically in the casinos themselves. Hmm. So um, obviously sports coming back online is great for the state. But if you ask me, I, I think the, the ability to 
register from anywhere in Illinois is the big key. And, and even when this law was announced, it seemed like a blind spot for the legislature in this law. How dumb was it? How dumb was it for them to require uh, in-person registration anyway? I mean, during COVID, mind you. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, it's 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 completely nonsensical, um, you know, and, and left hand talking to the right hand. Uh, you know, don't go vote in person. Don't go to the grocery store. Don't do all these things. But make sure you go and stand in a line at a casino so that we can get your info and you can bet. So a little bit of a, a tax look at that. Anyone want to take a guess at what uh, $150 million or $140 million in the gambling handle um, comes back to the state? <laughs> we we know this, but we don't know it. Well, I mean, obviously we we wrote about this going into it, but what was what was the number and what's the handle? What's the just over one million dollars based on a fifteen percent tax on the revenues? That seems low. Yeah, and that I don't know if that math adds up. <laughs> That's. That's what I'm reading from the IGB. So you you, you tell me. I'll, I'll give you another uh, 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 nugget here. Anyone want to guess as to what the number one sport that was bet on over these last few months was? Well, baseball's baseball and basketball have been in place since when? Uh, since end of since July, July, right? Yeah. So it's got to be baseball or basketball. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Um... I'm going to say I'm going to say football. Dan is correct. MLB because of the Cubs, Sox, and Cardinals all making. Well, come a on. He took two of them. He took. I, it's taking. He's taking all the answers off the board. How? I, how I, was, am I, I was. I was. If I was had to pick one, basically I was you baseball. said, well, it's either horse racing or basketball or baseball or tennis or. What'd you leave me with? I only had football. I had football and hockey, and I disqualified hockey. Right. National Cornhole Championships. Back National in Cornhole Championships. Uh, Australian I mean, Australian rules football. I mean that uh, yeah, football okay. is going to eclipse um, baseball oh, and ride out the rest of the winter with uh, the biggest handle. So I'll give you a few few bonus points on that. But yeah, baseball has been the king so far. Uh, big revenues, um, not necessarily big profits or big tax revenue, but the handle is up. Um, it's, it really starts to look like we have a, a, a full-fledged betting system here in Illinois. I've long said to my uh, uh, degenerate gambler friends, uh, you know you have a real problem when you're betting on preseason football and baseball. Um, so maybe that's where you just stop, quit. I don't know anybody who would do anything so careless like that. That would just be ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. Uh, John, always great to to have you on. You and Jason Gotch are state lines. That is a a new a new podcast. Uh, actually, it's not new. I mean, it's still new to some people who haven't listened to it. But that's uh, being released on on uh, on Fridays uh, at Anchor.fm. Uh, available across the IRN affiliate group and elsewhere in the state of Illinois. Uh, look forward to uh, this week's episode, and uh, thanks for what you do. You got that right. Take care, guys. All right, John. For Dan McHale, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Illinois and Focus podcast, the Crosstalk segment powered by the Center Square. Now over to Greg Bishop for a look at what the Center Square will be working on next week.
Next week brings us closer to the November 3rd election. With 2.2 million mail-in ballots out there, more than half a million have been completed and sent back to elections officials. There will be continued attention on how many mail-in ballots may come in after the close of the election. We'll also track the latest in COVID-19 and the impact on the economy and bring you any developments in the ongoing probe of Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.